Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Call Michael now. 041-98-3000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Wednesday morning, uh, the 7th of uh, December. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11am, this is Michael Reid on LMFM. As you know, there is a lot of concern in Drogheda and in Navan about ambulances bypassing Our Lady's Hospital in Navan and bringing patients uh, to the Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda instead. The emergency department at Our Lady's Hospital in Navan currently has an ambulance bypass protocol in place for patients who have suffered a stroke heart attack, major trauma and also those in need of paediatric and obstetric care. That's a, a relatively new protocol, but it is what has been happening in recent months. From Monday, that protocol is to be extended and more ambulances with more patients will bypass the hospital in Navan and go to Drada instead. From the week commencing the 12th of December, the HSE is enhancing this ambulance bypass protocol to include patients who are critically or seriously unwell are likely to deteriorate. Following this update, this cohort of patients will bypass the emergency department at Our Lady's Hospital in Navan and be brought to the closest appropriate hospital for their needs. And the closest appropriate hospital for their needs will be the hospital in Drogheda for the most part. But the problem here is, as you know, that the doctors in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda say that it is not safe to do this now. Not now. Drogheda has a shortfall of 16 doctors. Drogheda does not have the resources. Drogheda won't cope. And they say patients may die. This is not a full ambulance bypass. Ambulances will continue to bring patients outside of the critically and seriously unwell categories to the emergency department at Her Lady's Hospital, Navan. This update is important to ensure patients receive the right care in the right place at the right time. Right, that's Minister Mary Butler speaking in uh, the Dáil last night. Uh, this issue was raised time and again in the Dáil by many different TDs. And we'll hear from many of uh, the contributors uh, to the different debates on this issue in the Dáil throughout uh, the programme. But no matter how many times it was raised, it was to no avail. The government, it seems, is not for turning. Let's begin this morning with Labour TD for Loud and East Meath, Jed Nash, who's on the line. And a very good morning to you, Jed Nash, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme today. I think it's true to say that two government ministers made it very clear the new ambulance bypass comes into effect from Monday. Yeah, they're not for turning. Uh, the decision has been taken, and I've been of the firm view, um, Michael, that uh, the decision on the greater issue, on the broader issue about the future of the Navan Emergency Department was taken some time ago and now it's a case of ministers physically conditioning uh, the people of Louth and Meads uh, to um, expect 
significant changes that will really impact on the people of Meath and will now impact very adversely, I believe, on the people of Loud and people across the region who depend on a regional trauma centre or Lady Lord's Hospital for, for, for the best possible care that they can get and the care that they're entitled to get. This is a really, really serious situation. I raised it twice yesterday in the Dáil, uh, once after leaves questions with uh, Michael McGrath standing in for the Taoiseach, uh, and the tune didn't change last night when myself and some other local deputies raised this with um, the Minister for Health. We expected Minister Donnelly to be in the chamber last night, uh, given the seriousness of this issue. This is issue number one across the country in terms of our acute health service at the moment. Everybody's aware of the issue. Um, it's a high-profile campaign. Uh, if people weren't aware of the issue before the intervention by 17 consultants from our, Lord, our Lady of Lords Hospital at the weekend, People weren't aware of it before then. Uh, people across the country from Donegal and to Cork, from Galway across to Louth should be aware of this now. This is really, really serious. And on two occasions yesterday, both ministers, Minister McGrath and Minister of State Mary Butler, who took the debate last night, uh, they not, not, not once did they uh, acknowledge the concerns of the consultants. And I did say time and again, if they're not prepared to acknowledge my concerns and the concerns expressed to me uh, uh, by the people of Louth and Meath, then listen at least to the 17 experienced hospital consultants, some of whom I spoke to uh, on Monday, and there are things that they could not commit to um, paper in terms of the concerns that they expressed uh, in the letter that was sent to the Minister last week. A, 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 a letter that wasn't acknowledged in the dog yesterday, hasn't been acknowledged through the media. I don't know if it's been acknowledged formally or, or, or informally by way of response from the Minister and from our health at this stage. But you know, it, this, 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 this is desperately serious. I mean, some of the doctors and, and, and other staff I spoke to over the last few days are very, very concerned and they believe that the this reference to Michael, uh, the Minister Butler said it last night, this change is expected to affect only a small number of patients. That's simply not true and that's not um, a, a, a claim that consultants in our Lady Lord's Hospital will stand over. They believe that given the, the stressed resources at the moment, given the difficulties that Hospitals will always experience uh, a tough time. Mm. Even if this decision was to be made, uh, certainly now is not the right time uh, to make this decision. We have um, a rollover now of um, non-consultant hospital doctors, or sorry, trainee doctors, I should say, uh, at the end of of December. That happens twice a year. You know, we we, Mm. we junior doctors, we've got obviously issues with respiratory illness in in the the community at the moment. Uh, I had one doctor I was speaking to the other day who was actually Mm. heading in late at night just to, to deal with some additional patients because you expect many more the next morning and it simply would have been unsafe to operate in that yeah. kind of environment where you're, you're dealing with so many patients the next day. And that's a, an issue and they don't have the resources. That's an issue that the consultants are, are, are very concerned about. Uh, they made uh, the point in uh, their letter to the Minister, um, the junior doctors uh, will change over, the contracts run out uh, and uh, some doctors will stay in the Lord, some will go to Cork or or Madrid or whatever the case may be Um, but uh, this happens every six months uh, and uh, it's a tricky time as is the case when you're bringing any new people into any job particularly when they're such uh, important jobs now uh, the doctors the consultant doctors uh, the most senior doctors in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drada have made their views known they've made it very clear they don't believe it's safe and they believe that if it goes ahead which it is going to go ahead by all accounts on monday that there's uh, the prospect of people dying unnecessary uh, uh, one uh, line from their letter is that reconfiguration which is uh, the word that's used for making these changes reconfiguration should not be planned to coincide with the middle of winter christmas closure of many community clinical services and 
on the cusp of the changeover of non-consultant hospital doctors, exactly the point that you're making there. And they say that we have no doubt that you, Minister Stephen Donnelly, do not want to be associated with any adverse patient outcomes or to replicate the mistakes of previous reconfigurations. Now, they, made, they spelled it out in black and white. They couldn't have made it any clearer. They're, they're, they're concerned uh, beyond uh, any reasonable... Uh, position for a, a body of consultants to take in a hospital uh, as ch- in changes are about to happen. They're saying, don't do it. People could die. Please don't do it. Not only did they put it in writing, but they met with the hospital management on Monday. Uh, and I presume they made their case there then, because that meeting was arranged uh, on the back of this letter. I mean, they get a bunch of you know, well-intentioned um, public representatives who care about their community trying to make a case for, you know, the retention of service or the community needs or making a case for additional resources because that's the job that their constituents would expect them to do for a hospital. This is experienced hospital consultants, many of whom have been in post for many, many years. People that care deeply about their patients, they're experts in their field, they care deeply about the hospital and our public health service. And they're not being listened to. There's no jargon here, no medical jargon. Straight to the point, they said, and I welcome this, they said very clearly that previous reconfiguration did not involve the provision of additional services to Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital to deal with the additional throughput that would have to be accommodated in the hospital. And they said history is repeating itself. Mm. Now, they could not be any clearer. And there's there's an issue as well that I think we need to consider too. The most important, um, probably two of the most important parts of the hospital uh, that operate in terms of dealing with patients coming through ED will be x-ray and um, the, the, the laboratory. It'll be the first protocol in terms of diagnostics. First thing that might happen is you'll be triaged, you, you know, if you have an issue, you'll have an x-ray, you'll have blood tests. Um, I know for a fact that um, there, there's one x-ray room in uh, the emergency department that hasn't been operating, will be back operating soon. Case was made uh, to actually develop a second x-ray room. The second x-ray room is available, uh, but the HSE have to date refused to stock it with the necessary equipment. Um, so that's the reality uh, that we're dealing with right. at the moment. Well, uh, they say that reconfiguration can only happen when uh, the necessary enabling resources have been secured. Uh, they say that those resources are only aspirational, uh, despite lots of talk and lots of promises, and that they're short 16 doctors in the hospital, and now is most definitely not the time to do this, they say. Uh, the other part of this is, of course, uh, that patients aren't safe going to Navin. Uh, this has been made very clear to the Minister for Health since November of last year. He's been told that if you continue with uh, this situation in the emergency department in Navin, that there's a risk that patients will die unnecessarily and indeed a number of patients almost died because they were being treated in a hospital that wasn't equipped to uh, look after them and provide the care that they needed. Uh, so uh, the minister has done nothing for over a year. Now he's done something and he's been told uh, the situation that you're doing now to try and stop people dying in Navin is going to result in people dying in Drogheda. It is bizarre beyond belief. Well, he, he had, had the option, uh, and minister the option to make a decision to resource the hospital in Navin the, the, the way that the people of Meath require and, and the way that the people of Meath want. Uh, and today he's, he's chosen not to do that. And, and, and in my view, uh, cutting away all of the... Uh, uh, you know everything that's happened. I mean, it's clear to me he has uh, made a decision. That's a decision that we in the Labour Party have challenged. It's, uh, our colleagues in me have challenged. The trade unions have challenged that. But in my view, he has made 
this decision. What he's doing now is trying to condition people mm. uh, to, to uh, uh, over the next period of time. And what he's managed to do, actually, by his failure to 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 to, to uh, ultimately resource either the hospital in Navan or the hospital in Drogheda to accommodate the additional throughput, is to actually spread the risk wider across the region. And that is some achievement from a minister for health whose primary focus and primary objective and primary responsibility, Michael, should be the care and support of the people uh, he uh, represents. Yeah. That's the primary responsibility of government. They have failed in that regard. Yeah. I've not seen a plan. I, I, I've sought meetings for months now with mm. senior decision makers in relation to you know, this plan. Uh, and I have not been granted that meeting. Uh, I've requested that meeting mm. because I represent the people of Laird and Meath. I'm concerned about where this is going. Yeah. I haven't been told what is happening. There's an onus and a responsibility uh, on the minister and the HSE to share whatever plan they have, mm. in the first instance with yeah. uh, medical, medical staff, uh, but then uh, to, to, to brief uh, local TDs on, on, on exactly what's happening. I don't believe that there is a plan. He's making this up mm. as he goes along. Ex- explain, 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 explain this to me, if, if you can. Uh, and I, I doubt you can because I, I don't think uh, it's possible to explain it. But explain it to me if you can. Uh, we've been reporting on this programme now for at least six months, I would imagine, that the Minister of Health has been ignoring a risk to human life in Navan. Uh, and uh, we're repeating it again today that the Minister for Health has ignored a risk to human life that has been made clear to him by hospital management and consultants in Navan for over a year. Uh, not once has that been challenged by the Minister, his officials or the Department of Health. How could that be? Not only uh, are we just reporting it on the radio and it's not like they mightn't have heard it, we've brought that to their table, we've put questions to them, we've told them we are reporting this. Not once has it been challenged. How could that be the case? It, it, it can only be the case if the Minister is actually ignoring a risk to human life. And if that is the case, that calls into question the Minister's competency. It it does, um, quite frankly. We've never had confidence in this government, never had confidence uh, in this this minister, um, quite frankly. And I think we're right not to have confidence in him. uh, And and I think here's here's the key point. The vow of silence he seemed to have taken on this issue. I mean, he he wasn't in the doll last night. I know that ministers are busy. So this was half ten last night. And and I know that, from my own experience, sometimes it's ministers of state who take debate because ministers may have previous engagements. This is the principal issue facing the acute hospital service in this country at the moment. He has refused to provide any clarity about where he actually stands on this. This is creating confusion. It's creating concern. Heard it from the consultants and drawn we hear it day in, day out from the people we represent. I'm concerned because I know that previous reconfigurations did not include additional services for a Lady of Lords Hospital. He's had the opportunity time and again to decide to resource the hospital in Navin, which he should have done uh, over the last period of time to address all of these concerns. He's had the opportunity to present a plan for Drogheda. He hasn't done that. Uh, and I really question now what the Minister is doing about this. This cannot go on uh, forever. The concerns uh, of the Lord okay. are, are very, very real. The concerns in Navan are very, very real. And I'm really, really worried about what's going to happen over the next okay. few weeks. You're, 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 
You're an experienced politician and a, a former uh, super junior minister yourself. Uh, you know the workings of government. I want to ask you another question, if I can. Uh, another uh, issue to ask you if you can explain it. And again, I doubt you will be explaining it. Uh, not through any fault of your own, but I, I think it's something that can't be explained. I'm not going to say that the minister is being dishonest, but I don't think it's true to say that the minister has been honest. And how can it be that a minister is not being honest with people because uh, the minister had pledged uh, that he was pausing the decision of the HSE uh, to close the emergency department in Navan at the end of June until there was widespread public consultation. Uh, The minister hasn't consulted with anybody. He's ignored calls from the public representatives on Meath County Council. He's given no media interviews. He's not responded to any media questions. Uh, and uh, he... TDs allowed in these meetings. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there was one meeting with uh, TDs. Uh, but not only that, uh, since all of that went on, the minister uh, said uh, he was going to commission a review and the decisions would be based on the findings of that review. That review has not being completed or not published uh, or at least we're not aware of the fact uh, and now decisions have been made. That's not honest. There's two questions of honesty. One, to do with this open, transparent public consultation and two, nothing to happen until after the review had concluded and something is happening on Monday. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, he's simply trying to, to buy time here and uh, looking for some form of political cover uh, because I think ultimately he has personally made a decision. All of the indications will suggest that he has. Um, what, what he has failed to do is, is, is publish that decision uh, on the basis on which uh, uh, that decision has been taken. A decision that we would challenge and would not would not uh, not support. I, I, I've submitted, for example, Michael, freedom of information requests over the last few months in relation to the decision-making process around this uh, and access to information that should be readily available and would ordinarily be, but the department was hidden behind uh, this notion that, well, ultimately this is part of a, a deliberative process, um, so we can't provide you with the information that you're looking for because the decision hasn't been made, the decision has yet to be made, and they're, they're hiding behind the technicalities of the Freedom of Information Act. So there's a lot of unanswered questions about this, and the Minister really just should front up and engage openly and transparently with public representatives and with the people of Maiden and Louth. This is far too important. Uh, he really needs to be more open than he has been uh, previously uh, on this. Uh, people's patience is wearing thin. And mm. I go back to what uh, the consultant doctors in the Lord Hospital said. Mm. People's lives may be at risk. I think we're going to getting from a point now where they may be at risk to people's lives will be at risk. Mm. And it takes a lot for me to say that. Well, people's lives were at risk over a year ago and that was made clear to the Minister in November of last year. Here we are, over a year on, and now we're in a situation where the Minister is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Why didn't he manage it? Precisely. And here's a Minister who ought to be accountable to the doll. Um, he has refused to answer questions, refused to answer them uh, in, in, in the open way that we, we would expect. Um we don't have any confidence in him, uh, the Labour Party. We, we never had any way in terms of the direction he's taking the health service in. Uh, and I think this is just, the, 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 this issue is, a, is an illustration uh, of that. Um, it is a dreadful set of circumstances. Um, he's managed, and this is the extraordinary thing, this is the extraordinary thing. He's managed now by his inaction and failure to address the problems to, 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 to spread the risk out 
across the region, a risk uh, to life uh, across across the region now. Uh, and that's simply not acceptable and not something that I could stand for as a responsible public representative. Um, he needs to listen to the doctors. He needs to take on board what they say. Uh, he hasn't done that. It's mm-hmm. quite extraordinary on two occasions when I raised this yesterday in the doll. Not once did any minister, Minister McGrath or Minister Butler, on behalf of Minister Donnelly, actually address the concerns that were communicated to them in that letter uh, and, and concerns that would have been raised with me over the last few weeks by a range of staff across the spectrum in, in Our Lady of Lords Hospital. It's just not on. Okay. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. I think uh, some of our listeners might have uh, some thoughts on uh, this uh, that they wish to share with us. Uh, I know that all of uh, the local representatives across Loud and Meath have thoughts on it, and we'll hear from many of uh, the TDs later in uh, the programme today. But thank you, as I say, for joining us on the programme today. Jed Nash, Labour TD for Loud and East Mead. If you do want to make comment, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number, 0419832000. That's 0419832000. If you want to ring us today, you can text or WhatsApp 086 1800 658 086 one eight hundred six five eight. If you want to send a text or a WhatsApp message, if you want to text us, in other words, email Michael at lmfm.ie. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Thanks to Margaret, who says Stephen Donnelly is one in a long line of health ministers who have treated the people of Meath as second-class citizens with regard to our hospital, a county of its size, with a population of 220,000 people and it needs its hospital, not a band-aid clinic. She says it's a game of Russian roulette now for patients in Meath, we're told, Our Lady's Hospital and Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital are both unsafe. As for our government reps, they're totally useless. Why aren't they fighting our hospital uh, for our hospital uh, and uh, saving the hospital, Margaret wants to know. Cahill in Mornington was in touch uh, and uh, he's uh, referring uh, to a clip we've uh, often played on the programme with Stephen Donnelly saying uh, he always listens to the consultant's concerns but Cahill says he clearly doesn't listen to all of the consultant's concerns. Uh, Thank you uh, for that uh, uh, call in Mornington. Uh, another call uh, comes to us uh, from Jimmy, who was uh, on the phone to us. And Jimmy says, with regards the closure of the emergency department in Navan, instead of bringing patients to Drogheda, why don't they just drive, drive them to the graveyard, he says, because Drogheda can't do anything for them. Uh, hopefully it's not that dramatic, uh, but uh, I think we understand uh, what you're saying and why you're saying it, Jimmy. Last Saturday night um, at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda, uh, there were chaotic scenes outside as one of um, Ireland's busiest hospitals. Uh, Eleven ambulances were parked outside the emergency department uh, Drogheda um, and couldn't leave because there were no beds or trolleys for the patients inside. Well, at the same time, Minister, uh, the HSE wants to divert more ambulance from Navan to Drogheda. Some paramedics were left waiting for five hours before their patient had a place at the hospital. It, it is understood that there were extreme overcrowding and every bed and trolley in the hospital was taken up. The ambulance crews treated patients in the ambulance while others were brought inside on their trolleys. But none of the ambulance could leave and respond to other 99 calls until they had their ambulance trolleys back. One furious paramedic said, I have never seen anything like it in my life. Absolute, total chaos. 
11 ambulances at one stage were lined up outside the A&E at the Lourdes Hospital and none of us could go anywhere. There were no beds and no trolleys. The place was full. We minded our patients as best we could in the back of our vehicles until we could get them inside. The whole thing was a complete madness. Why, in the name of God, Minister, are we still talking about diverting people from Navin to Drogheda? Right, that's uh, Sinn Féin's Johnny Gurk, one of uh, the TDs and most of uh, the local TDs raised this issue in the Dáil yesterday. Huge resources at Ashkan have been given to the Lourdes Hospital. The number of beds since 2015 have gone from 357 to 478. 60 million has been spent, so it's wrong to say the hospital is under-resourced. It isn't. The jobs that are being advertised, there's nobody applying for them. That's the difficulty. But I would ask, Minister, that we need to examine the management of both the Lourdes and the Navin Hospital. Can a new synergy be found in terms of corporate governments, in terms of medical governance, to allow patients to be kept in Navin and to be dealt with by experts at a higher level of knowledge, obviously, uh, who are in the Lourdes. That is the way forward. That would keep patients in Navin, would make sure they're properly looked after, and would also leave the pressure off the Lourdes Hospital, uh, which obviously is significant at this time of the year. And that's local Finnegale TD, Fergus O'Dowd, who I think was making the point that the hospital isn't under-resourced. Uh, it just doesn't have enough resources because it, it can't get the people that they're advertising jobs for. Uh, here's uh, a response uh, to some of that from Mary Butler, Minister of State. There are a number of ambulance bypass protocols in place around the country at this time and they are important to ensure patients receive the right care in the appropriate hospital depending on their clinical needs. Our Ladies Hospital Navin provides a range of inpatient and outpatient general medical elective surgical and orthopaedic services with a 24-hour ED service to which patients may self-present or be brought by ambulance. The emergency department at Our Ladies Hospital Navin currently has an ambulance bypass protocol in place for patients who have suffered a stroke, heart attack, major trauma and also those in need of paediatric and obstetric care. From the week commencing the 12th of December, the HSE is enhancing this ambulance bypass protocol to include patients who are critically or seriously unwell or likely to deteriorate. Following this update, this cohort of patients will bypass the emergency department at Our Lady's Hospital, Navin, and be brought to the closest appropriate hospital for their needs. Right, that's uh, Minister of Health, uh, Junior Minister for Health, uh, Mary Butler, in uh, the Dáil last night. Just bring you uh, one more comment uh, for the moment, uh, Drogheda is a disaster, says Ellen. My uh, granddaughter uh, was at the hospital, waited six hours for an x-ray to be told it could be another four to five hours. The place was packed with sick children. She left. Uh, my granddaughter is only four years old. Thanks, Alan, for that. Um, we'll get a lot of comments uh, on this today because uh, I think if you want to send a, a message today, we have to make our lines open for you. Uh, so call us 0419832000, text or WhatsApp 0861800658 or email michael at lmfm.ie. Call Michael now, 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. 
Listen in to LMFM's Real Reviews every Friday at 12.15 with Sinead Brazel and movie critic Niall O'Brien review the latest cinema releases, movie streaming and recommendations for best viewing over the weekend. Plus, play our mystery voice competition for a chance to win a pair of tickets to see one of Omniplex's latest releases. Enjoy a ticket to every movie with My OmniPass. For more information, log on to omniplex.ie forward slash join and enjoy the greatest blockbusters at Omniplex Deluxe Strata, Dundalk and Balbriggan. Have you noticed that you or a loved one experience cardiac symptoms like chest pain, palpitations or shortness of breath? Hermitage Clinic has a new acute cardiac assessment service that's available to anyone with these sorts of symptoms. You don't need an appointment to speak to our consultant-led specialist team. Don't delay. Call us today on 1-800-645-678. Check website for opening hours. Put your heart in our hands. BlackRock Health. Better together. Shoe City Castle Blaney has everything you need this Christmas. Men's, women's, kids. Open seven days a week until Christmas. Shoe City Castle Blaney, your complete shoe store. At Vodafone this Christmas, we're giving away loads of amazing prizes with Shake to Win on the My Vodafone app. You can win cash prizes, smartphones, vouchers for taxis and clothes shops, free return European flights and more. So if you're a Vodafone customer, all you have to do is shake to win. Woohoo! Get on the My Vodafone app and get shaking. Vodafone. Together we can. Eligible Vodafone customers only. See Vodafone.ie slash terms. It's the right price tiles and wood flooring 70% off sale. Get up to 70% off on all your purchases. Up to 70% off all tiles, all wood flooring, all bathware. Everything's reduced in store. The 70% off sale at right price tiles and wood flooring. Stores nationwide. Sale extended until Sunday. The sensible choice can also be the beautiful choice. The new electrified Fiat 500 lineup is waiting for you and your local dealer. Test drive the new fully electric and hybrid models and see which one you fall for first. New Fiat 500 and 500 hybrid. Eco Bellissimo. Test drive the new Fiat 500 electrified range at Reynolds Fiat Drada or visit fiat.ie. Toga erid chancek poshtian fluor oil agus etoig dini fasta. Rotetetak ave in a khushkinish kumkushik. Togat poshte ido gavlin agus shakhmlin adek dish inan an vaccine flu shrona oil serenashka. Is balak savolja agus efaktok aton sok nida kushinch. Kumadlish an quidge elidin tailok. Jane Quinnell at the Hawk Dog in Ralta, no let the foot the care. Tell all the sheriff oil like HSC.ie, tall slash flu, or I'm an ox, nor servicious luncher. Michael at LMFM.ie. The Michael Reed Show with Airgrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Terrible reality, but last Christmas uh, the ISPCC's child line heard from over a thousand children with different problems, family conflict, mental health problems, contemplating self-harm and suicide, loss and anxiety and uh, a long list of uh, problems. Uh, But there were volunteers at the end of uh, the phone, thankfully for all of uh, those children at such uh, a 
important time of the year generally for children. Uh, but who are these volunteers? Let's speak to them, one of them now. Uh, Liz Byrne uh, is from Drogheda and uh, she has worked as a volunteer for Childline. A very good morning to you, Liz, and thanks for joining us on uh, the programme uh, this morning. Uh, it's a difficult morning, time Michael. of year, undoubtedly, for children who are, are feeling anxious or isolated like this. Yeah, it is. I suppose, you know, Christmas we associate with a happy time for children. Unfortunately, that's not all children. So it's a particularly important time to have someone at the end of the phone here in Tryline. It's, uh, it's, I suppose, just to listen. That's the most important thing we can do. Mm. And know that there's someone there to talk to any time of the day, 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day. To listen and to, to advise, I gather. Um, no, we don't advise. I suppose really it's active listening in that we are listening with empathy and it's not, you know, it wouldn't really be a good idea for us to advise because it's 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 far too complex. We don't know the, the full, full backstory often and it's effective, more effective to simply let them know that there's no judgment, that we believe them. It's a safe space to talk and it's actually amazing the power of just actively listening to a child. Mm. It, it, it must work uh, because uh, children uh, tend to call back, don't you? Have repeat callers? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, they would be repeat callers to the service. Um, we treat each call as a first call. So, um, But there are some children who just ring for a chat and that's absolutely fine. Mm. Very sad though, isn't it? Well, can be very sad, um, but not always. You know, I mean, the message we want to get out there is that it's okay just to ring for a chat. It doesn't have to be a major crisis. Sometimes with children's lives these days, they're busy or they're they're in busy families or there isn't really anyone they feel that they can talk to, maybe particularly outside of the family where they prefer someone to chat to. So if they feel that they can do that with us, that's great. Okay. Well, as you say, it's open... 365 uh, days a year, 24 hours a day. And of course, that includes uh, Christmas Day, uh, an expensive service to run. It is, yeah. And 75% of our funding comes from donations. So it's really crucial that they keep coming. We do get some funding, but it's about €12,000 a day to run the child line listening service. But it's really important. And uh, I think it's, it's crucial, quite honestly. Yeah, I think most people would agree with that and uh, that's where our listeners come in uh, because, uh, as you say, the service relies on donations. Yeah, very much so. Three quarters of our funding is from donations. So I mean, any little small amount, anything, it all makes a huge difference. I mean, if you go to ispcc.ie, it'll give you all the information you need about how to donate. OK. And, of course, children can call, as you say, 24 hours a day, one eight hundred sixty six sixty six sixty six. 66 Is it difficult work? Um, do you find it difficult to separate yourself from the calls when you hang up? Well, we're very well trained. So it's, you know, we have huge support there and good training. So because it's important that you have boundaries and it's important that you don't take, the, take it home. And obviously, initially, when you first start out, it is, it is difficult. But uh, it's a great, I mean, I work with a great group of women and men. And uh, it's, the key thing is to, is to make sure that you have good support and, mm. uh, so that when you do actually leave the office, you're leaving it behind. Would you say it's satisfying work? 
very, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, the truth is I I get a lot out of it myself. It's very satisfying just to know that, uh, you know, just to know that mm. you're, you're not going in for the ISPCC, you're going in for children. So, you know, if you feel sort of, it's great to know that you were there at the end of the phone, someone just felt like ringing or chatting or texting. Sometimes young people find it easier to just go online and chat to us or to text. Okay. All right. Uh, may uh, be food for thought uh, for somebody uh, who has free time uh, if uh, they wanted to volunteer their services. If not, they can make a, a donation, as you say, through exactly. ispcc.ie. The child line number is one eight hundred sixty six sixty six sixty six or text 50101. Liz, thanks for uh, talking to us today. That's great. Thank you, Michael. Thank you indeed. Uh, ISPCC child line volunteer, Liz Byrne. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by Airgrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it Celsius Call Michael now 041-983-2000 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by Airgrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it now, as I said, we're going to give a, a lot of time over to the situation in Navan and in Drogheda, both hospitals being affected, every person in the region, I suppose you could say, potentially affected by the situation that pertains uh, to the concerns in the first instance about Our Lady's Hospital in Navan, where the reality is it's not up to standard. People could die uh, because it's the wrong hospital for them to be treated in. Uh, The solution today seems to be to send them to a hospital where the doctors are saying if you do that, uh, people could die uh, because that'll be too many patients and we don't have the resources to do all of this. Uh, We'll hear from uh, a lot of uh, the contributions in the Dáil and we'll take as many calls today as possible on this. There's a a recognised risk associated with a small number of patients attending at Navin Hospital, but... Um, probably will come as no surprise that the HSE's plan is to make matters worse. Uh, in June, 17 consultants at Drogheda wrote to the Minister and saying transferring risk from one hospital, A&E, to another will lead to poorer clinical outcomes for patients. They obviously had no trust in the HSE. They noted that the diversion of acute stroke patients from Navin to Drogheda two years ago was done with no, without clinical engagement or adequate resourcing. And despite that warning, six months later, it looks like the HSE is intent with pursuing that agenda. It makes absolutely no sense and it, it's going to put patients' lives at risk. Right, two ministers uh, responded uh, to the complaints local TDs were making in uh, the Dáil uh, yesterday. We'll hear from Minister Mary Butler once again now. The decision to convey a patient to or bypass the emergency department at Our Lady's Hospital Navin will be made by the attending National Ambulance Service teams. The National Ambulance Service teams will assess patients, treat them as appropriate and transport them to their nearest appropriate hospital depending on their clinical condition. This change is expected to affect only a small number of patients. However, this small cohort of patients who are critically and seriously unwell require appropriate treatment urgently. This update to the current ambulance bypass protocols will ensure that these patients receive the most appropriate care 
as quickly as possible in the most appropriate hospital. Right, uh, it's going ahead. In other words, uh, that's Mary Butler, Minister of State. We'll hear more from uh, the doll again in a, a few minutes' time, but some of your comments. Somebody in touch on WhatsApp. It's uh, Tom who was in touch, actually. He says, look, our 160 gum beans are out of their depths. And our club journalists are in their pockets. End of story. Bleeding heartland, he says. Thanks, Tom. I'm not sure who the club journalists are, uh, but thanks uh, for that. Tommy in RD says, Damien English and Helen McEntee are playing politics with the people of Navan. They're doing the same with uh, the uh, undergrounders. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Who want uh, the North-South uh, interconnector to go underground. Uh, they want those cables underground and they put down these people. They're playing with decent people's lives, says Tommy. Maureen phoned in to say that if men could have babies, uh, there would be maternity units in every hospital in Ireland. Why is there not one in Navin Hospital? Also, Navin was promised a new hospital years ago with a site purchased. Where did the site go to? Was it sold or something else? Build on it. Uh, another caller in touch to say that Minister Donnelly should resign because our listener says he's not fit for the job uh, and he gets well paid for the job. A person should be put in his place who's capable of doing this work. Thank you indeed. Some strong feelings. If you want to add to what's been said, our telephone number is 41 0419832000. You can text or WhatsApp 086 1800 658 and you can email michael at lmfm.ie. From next Monday will mean that patients may die. Now, these are not my words, these are just some of the words of 17 hospital consultants at my own local hospital, Our Lady of Lords in Drogheda, expressed in what was an alarming letter to the Minister last week. But, Minister, you've heard this all before, Minister Donnelly has heard this all before. And this government has simply failed to act. And I want to give you one example of what happened at Lady Lord's Hospital on Saturday. Eleven ambulances were parked up at the Lord's Hospital last Saturday night, treating sick patients in the back because there were no trolleys available in ED and no beds available in the hospital. This is 
completely unacceptable. Now, staff are at their wits' end. There were no new beds, a deficit of 16 unfilled uh, non-consultant hospital doctor posts. No extra resources are to be provided to Our Lady of Lords Hospital to accommodate this change. But the Lords is expected to receive many, many more sick and unwell patients from the Meath area over the next period of time, from next Monday, uh, as a result of up. your plan. So you need to change time course. You need to consider that proposal Thank and you. the impact time that that proposal up, will have on staff and patients who need to be accommodated in Our Lady of Lords Hospital. Right, that's uh, Labour's Jed Nash in uh, the Dáil yesterday, who we heard from earlier in the programme. Let's hear some of uh, the response to that, this time from another minister. This is Michael McGrath. Uh, thank you, uh, Deputy Nash. And I know that Minister Donnelly has... Um, spoken to some colleagues in relation to this issue and it made it clear that contrary to some reports, the ED at Navin is not closing uh, this month. And I know a concern you would have is the knock-on consequences uh, for Drogheda, uh, of course, and also in relation to the uh, ambulance bypass protocol. The only change, uh, as I understand it, is in a very exceptional and specific circumstance uh, where in the opinion of, of the paramedic uh, in the ambulance uh, some discretion is being provided there uh, uh, on certain uh, narrow grounds which the Minister in the HSC uh, will clarify but those wider changes are not happening. Right, that's Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure. Uh, uh, thanks to Paddy Feehan, who's in Terman and Paddy is emailing us about this uh, this morning. He says, Michael, ministers keep talking about lives being lost at Navin. If so, what projected figures do they have? And if it's 10, for example, well, maybe uh, that uh, is far better than maybe a multiple of 10 in the Lourdes. Uh, there simply has to be balance in the approach that is being taken to this. Now, he says, I also wonder what could be the real agenda here? Is it EU directives? Uh, Privatisation? I don't know, Paddy. Uh, <laughs> we're going down a different road there than one I expected. Uh, there is a lot of concern, though, as we've been hearing. Thanks, Karen Minister, I just want you to picture this chaos. Last Saturday night, a normal Saturday night, 11 ambulances were forced to queue outside Our Lady of Lords Hospital. There wasn't a single bed or trolley available in A&E. Some ambulances, ambulance crews had to keep patients in the ambulance for up to five hours. They could not respond to any other 99 calls. There wasn't a single um, ambulance crew available for the entire region. No fault of the ambulance crew. A normal Saturday night, these chaotic and frightening um, scenes took place. Now, next Monday, your government is going to bulldoze ahead with the plan to uh, divert ambulances from Navin Hospital to Our Lady of Lords, right? You have the consultant body in Our Lady of Lords who have said that it will be unsafe, patient safety will be compromised, and patients may die. Now, that's the medical profession. Is the minister going to listen to the medical profession, or is he going to go minister, listen to the HSE, to who are... Prepared to bulldoze with this, and if he doesn't no, listen no, to the medical profession, the professions, is he actually fit to be minister, minister for health? Minister. Mm, okay, that's uh, Sinn Fein TD for Loud and East Mead. Imelda Munster also raising uh, that issue in the Dáil. We'll hear the response to her uh, again from Minister Michael McGrath. Thank you, uh, Deputy Munster. Uh, my understanding is that the change that will come into effect on December 12th is that patients who are acutely ill will no longer be brought um, uh, to Navin by ambulance. Instead, they will be taken to the nearest appropriate hospital, uh, depending uh, on their condition. 
So that is different to uh, the full ambulance bypass protocol uh, that had been proposed. Uh, the Minister has engaged and it is only in a certain narrow circumstance which uh, I would suggest you engage with the, the Minister and the HSE on, on that important uh, operational issue. But it is not the whole scale um, uh, or rather the wholesale bypass uh, that was proposed. There you go. That's Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure. Uh, Matthew in Drogheda wondering uh, why Thomas Byrne is quiet on the hospital issue that people would love to hear from him. Uh, we'll ask the Minister to come on. We haven't, in fairness to the Minister, Matthew, I think that's the simple answer uh, to your question. I don't think the Minister has ever uh, declined uh, an invitation to talk about the hospital when it's been possible to talk about the hospital. We spoke with Shane Castles, uh, Fianna Fáil Senator, earlier in the week. Uh, and uh, we have asked Damien English, because it's a long time since we heard from Damien English. We asked Damien English to speak to us on Monday. Um, he wasn't available. We asked him to speak to us on Tuesday. wasn't available. Uh, we were told on Tuesday, though, that he might be available tomorrow. And if he's not available tomorrow, he might be available on Monday. But we will. We'll ask uh, Thomas Byrne Matthew especially for you. But thank you indeed uh, for uh, your text of the programme. Uh, Deirdre says uh, they'll have to keep uh, the ED open in Navan. It saved me uh, one time when I was bitten by a dog. I think everybody in the northeast knows about that, Deirdre. And thankfully, uh, you are still alive. Uh, we'd somebody in touch with us when we spoke about this yesterday saying Port Leash Hospital was threatened with closure in 2015. The successful people's campaign secured the resources and turned it into one of the best hospitals in Ireland. Well done to the people and their political reps in Leash. That is what we envision and need for County Meath and Navan Hospital. Thank you uh, to that listener. Uh, worth pointing out uh, that this protocol is coming into effect from Monday. John Muller says, Can you tell me uh, why Shane Castles was standing up for a blue shirt minister on the programme? I thought this was a really interesting comment because you quite often get comments in like that and you think that they're politically motivated and uh, that they're politically loaded uh, and uh, it's meant to give an impression about one political party under false pretenses. Uh, But I think uh, John uh, must be a Fianna Fáil supporter. He says... Uh, why is this blue money, why is Shane Castle or any Fianna Fáil TD or Senator, I take it, allowing a blue shirt minister uh, uh, to let the HSE do what they like? Uh, Stephen Donnelly's uh, a Fianna Fáil minister. Uh, I think that's uh, going back uh, to the conversation that we had uh, with Shane Castles, uh, that it's a Fianna Fáil minister who's making these decisions that Fianna Fáil representatives locally are giving out about. It's a Fine Gael government that Fine Gael representatives locally are giving out about. Robin in Navin says the HSE took away children's services uh, with broken bones uh, and uh, they have taken um, the physios out of the hospital. They seem to have an underlying agenda to downgrade Navin Hospital, and this is going on for years. All it takes to replace these doctors, doctors and nurses uh, who are leaving the country in droves, uh, if they'd been treated right, uh, they'd stay. Uh, and if they're not treated right, they're going to continue leaving. It's not rocket science. There needs to be a tribunal into the working 
uh, or the lack of working of the HSE, Robin says. Strong thoughts there. Paddy Duffy was in touch saying we have a population that is growing, so opening hospitals and emergency departments is what we need instead of closing them down. Well, thank you indeed uh, for that. Uh, Tom and Navin in touch too saying the only thing the HSE recognises is courtrooms not actually doing the right thing and this goes all the way through the HSE. Thanks to everybody who's been in touch with us. If you'd like to add to what's been said, our telephone number is 041-983-2000. We've plenty of room for your thoughts if you want to share them with us. 041-983-2000. Michael now. 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show. Brought to you by AirGrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. I don't know, but is it possible uh, that uh, the doctors in Drogheda are making much of a a fuss about nothing? Uh, Could they be overstating uh, the situation, uh, talking about adverse incidents and asking the minister if he wants to be uh, associated with potential adverse incidents in the knowing that the doctors had warned him in advance uh, that he's putting into play a protocol that the doctors are saying is unsafe and could result in the deaths of some people. Maybe it's not as bad as they're making it out. Following this update to the ambulance bypass protocols, ambulances will continue to bring patients outside of the critically and seriously unwell categories to the emergency department at Our Lady's Hospital, Navan. The National Ambulance Service has put an additional 24-7 emergency ambulance and an additional intermediate care vehicle on the ground in Navan to support this change. This updated ambulance bypass protocol at Our Lady's Hospital, Navan, is important to ensure patients receive the right care in the right place at the right time. All right, Junior Minister Mary Butler, she was making the point that ambulances will still go to Navin, but it's only a change for patients that the paramedics are particularly concerned about, patients who are critically ill or who are deteriorating or who they're concerned will deteriorate. And in that case, they'll go to Navin. Now, that seemed to be uh, enough to satisfy one local TD. Uh, I welcome the Minister's uh, first statement there on the updated ambulance bypass. And I don't doubt the credibility or the integrity of that decision, that it will include patients who are critically or seriously unwell or likely to deteriorate. And that is not closing the A&E Navin. It is moving very seriously ill patients to the appropriate place. And I welcome that. And I welcome also, Minister, when you say that the Minister himself has not made a final decision on it. And I welcome the fact that you're prepared to give consideration to ideas that I have and other people have to a new synergy in the management of both hospitals can leave both safe and patients get the best care nearest where they presently reside. Finnegal TD, Fergus O'Dowd. Let's speak to Sinn Féin TD, Darren O'Rourke, and good morning to you. We heard earlier in the programme at the beginning of uh, the debate last night, Fergus O'Dowd was as concerned as anybody is uh, about this new protocol being introduced. But when it was explained to him, uh, he's satisfied uh, that patients will get the best care possible. Are you satisfied? Not for a second, Michael. Not not for a second. Um, it seems uh, very strange to me and some of the 
the the recommendations that Deputy O'Dowd was making, uh, I think you know they, they they weren't like recommendations for someone who's been paying attention to to this issue for the last number of years, uh, not the, the recommendations of someone who was in government for the last decade and more. Um, the idea of um, the uh, the need for shared posts for additional capacity in the region. They're not new ideas, um, but successive governments have stood in the face of shared posts between the Matter and Drogheda and, and Navan, um, specifically stood opposed to those. Um, and as a result of that, uh, they've, they've uh, precipitated a situation where there is a risk at Navan Hospital um, and their solution through the HSE is to transfer that risk to Drogheda Hospital, a hospital that does not have capacity, that has on occasion, 11 um, uh, ambulances outside the door. Uh, the suggestion now that we're going to have not 11, but 15 ambulances outside the door and with critically ill patients from from Navin in those amb- ambulances um, in anyone's world uh, is, is, is not a safe or sensible solution. And don't take my word from it. Don't take opposition politicians' word from it. L- listen to the consultant doctors at Drogheda who have said this in the last week. They also said it six months ago um, and pointed to the experience of the bypass protocol that went before this in relation to trauma services, saying we didn't get the staff that we were promised. So I, I just think it's completely reckless on behalf of government um, and flies in the face of of any notion of the right care and the right place and at, at the right time. Um, mm. well, the, first, the first proposal was to close the emergency department in Navan and the minister paused that and commissioned a review into uh, the HSE proposal to close it. Um, what were the findings of that review? We don't know, and we know we know because I submitted parliamentary questions. We know the minister has the review on his desk since the eighth of October. Um, that's a you know a, almost two full months ago at, at this stage. Um, the, we don't know what's in it. I have said to you before, the only thing that could be in it is a long wish list of the type of resources that need to be put in place at Drogheda, at Navan, within the community, in the ambulance service to ensure that uh, the, the closure of Navin, Hospi- Navin A&E can happen safely. Mm. We, have, we have argued, and, and you know this, we have argued that the solution that needs to be on the table, but that isn't, and government have stood opposed to it, is investment in Navin Hospital to bring it up to a, a safe standard within its A&E yeah. and acute services. Didn't the Minister say that nothing would happen until sufficient resources were put in place to allow for the change to happen safely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and go back to the concerns of these 17 consultants more than six months ago at this stage where they said past experience is that bypass protocols are introduced and implemented without the necessary resources. Uh, Roll on to, to last week and that is exactly what's happening again. So How can anybody have, for me, you know, you're talking about dedicated professionals operating on the on the the front line who we who we entrust, you know, uh, our our care and and on occasion our lives to um, saying there is a a major problem with this proposition that it will make matters worse. It will put lives at risk without if the additional resources are not 
put in place. Mm. And the HSE and Minister seem intent to carry on regardless. And I just believe that is the greatest failure of government, of health service, of, of responsibility. Um, there's, there's no straighter way to say it. Right. Uh, nothing has happened in Drogheda, it would seem. Uh, that's what the consultants um, who wrote to Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, last Thursday said uh, they said that a- any thoughts of additional resources are aspirational. Uh, they say that uh, there's four key elements uh, that have to be addressed before reconfiguration takes place, uh, but none none of these areas have been addressed infrastructure, medical staffing, clinical process professional governance they're short 16 doctors and they say that the extra demands placed on staff in the context of proposed reconfiguration without adequate resourcing will lead to staff burnout and exasperation of recruitment and retention challenges all to the detriment of patient care Yeah, Absolutely and and, and I can say Michael unfortunately that's that it's already happening. You know, we're, we're we're not yet in the eye of the storm of this winter, um, but we know that uh, our emergency departments are very, very stretched. We know there are particular constraints in paediatrics. I know I have constituents contacting me now over the last 24, 48, 72 hours around real challenges there. They will reflect on an experience of, you know, services that are stretched beyond capacity of of staff doing their absolute best, but um, but 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 not in a position to deliver the type of care that 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 they want to, or that is required because they are they are stretched to the to the degree that they are, and the idea that you would put additional uh, constri- additional pressure on those services um, at a time when, as I say, there's not a bed to be got, not a trolley to be got, that people are being treated in ambulances uh, outside, outside in the car park is just, you know, it's, it is a, it's a systems failure. It's, it's a complete breakdown of the, mm. of, of the system. But that had nothing to do with this protocol. This protocol isn't going to happen until Monday coming. Absolutely, that's that, that's what I mean. The, you're already in a situation where Drogheda is is overwhelmed. Um, it needs additional resources to meet the demand that is already there. That isn't forthcoming. And instead of the solution being provided by government to invest and put additional resources in in Drogheda and to do the same, in my opinion, uh, in in Navan to bring it up and make it safe. They're, they're not investing those resources, but they're putting additional critically ill patients in the middle of, of in, in the middle of that chaos at, at, at Drogheda A and E. Um, and it's for me, you know, without being medically trained, um, it, it appears very obvious that that that's going to increase risk, increase risk uh, for, for your services, have a knock-on impact, no doubt, in terms of the quality of care th- throughout the hospital, and also the impact on the on the, 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 the care provided by, by those people who have response, you know, for, for, for staff mm. and putting, putting them under even more pressure. Um, and that, it, it makes absolutely no sense, Michael. Um, and it's, it, more than that, it's, it's dangerous and reckless and, um, you know, completely unforgivable that the, the minister uh, seems aloof from the whole situation. Okay. Well, perhaps there is some sense in suggesting that you don't take critically ill patients to a hospital 
if it's not safe to take them there because there's a risk of dying. Uh, and that's what the Minister has been told over again uh, since November of last year. But this is where it just loses all sense uh, because now what's happening is that instead of taking critically ill patients to a hospital where it's not safe and there's a risk of them dying because they are critically ill and that hospital can't cope, they're going to drive those patients 20 miles or whatever it is from Navan to Drogheda to a hospital that is now unsafe for them to be seen in because that hospital will have too many patients because of this extra workload. But that's exactly the point. That is exactly the point that has been articulated by the consultants at Drogheda Hospital and Navan Hospital uh, on numerous occasions now. So it's the transfer of risk without additional resources will lead to worse outcomes. And just on a practical level, you know, you have ambulances rolling up to a queue of ambulances in the in the car park. You have ill patients sitting in in an, in an A&E uh, being triaged, the possibility of, of missing, you know, critically ill versus seriously ill, um, undifferentiated, undifferentiated mm. patients. It, it significantly increases the, the risk. And this has been spelled out by people who are expertly medically qualified, who are doing the work on a daily basis, 24-7, 365, they're spelling it out to, to the minister and to the HSE, and he is flying in the face of that. And at the root of all of this, in Drogheda and in Navan, is the issue of resourcing. And uh, for, for me and for my party, the solution uh, to this crisis mm. is one of resourcing, but in the in the in, as part of that, it's resourcing Navin A and E to a standard mm. that it is safe. Because is of course we don't. Is it, that, we, is it that simple though? Instead of bringing critically ill patients to a hospital, that you don't do that because the hospital isn't safe for them. So you drive them twenty miles to a different hospital that isn't safe for them either. Is it as simple as that? But that's that's exactly what's what's being proposed here, and I think that's what's what's prompted the letter from the consultants on on both of these occasions. And the minister, the minister hasn't explained this because this was a, a bit of a, a bombshell uh, and we haven't heard from the minister on this since. Uh, the doll will sit today and tomorrow. This protocol is uh, to come into effect from Monday. Uh, two ministers told the doll yesterday it's coming into effect from Monday, regardless of the letter from the consultants, regardless of the meeting that the consultants had with hospital management in Drogheda on Monday. Uh, will we hear from Stephen Donnelly today or tomorrow? I don't know that we we certainly should we certainly should he's the minister with 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 full responsibility in relation to this we only heard from from the minister of state and the the minister for public expenditure and reform on this issue yesterday uh, re, uh, recounting the, the the minister's position and the department's position in in relation to this uh, I think you know at the at the root of this is uh, is a lack of resourcing in in the region um, it's completely unacceptable that mm. that the minister is not to be found on it. And, Can and he explain it? Will, will you see? Uh, I think it's very interesting that that they almost wear this this uh, uh, position that they haven't made a decision on the future of of Navin A and E as a badge of honour, uh, despite the fact that the minister is sitting on this report from from the eighth of, of October. Mm. They wear it as a as a badge of honour, whilst at the same time, the people of County Mead 
and now County Louth are being failed by their acute hospital services because they've been under-resourced now it seems to be completely mismanaged in terms of 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 bypass protocols and where we're where we're sending patients. Um, it, it, like it's at, at the you know the the most important thing you but, need. But, for but a can minister. anybody explain the logic of not sending people to a hospital because it's not safe and driving them instead twenty miles to a different hospital that's not safe? I I I I, I dare say they can't because. Um, and if, if if you wanted to extend the argument, um, they, they want to close the A and E at Navan on the basis that that they say it's not safe and um, and those patients need to go somewhere else. Um, they're not proposing to close, understandably so. They're not proposing to close uh, uh, Drogheda A and E. They're not proposing to close Limerick A and E, despite the fact that those those uh, services are also not safe on the basis of they're overstretched and under resourced. So the notion that when services aren't safe, we close them and move them elsewhere is is one that has been totally exposed now uh, uh, at this stage. Um, and I think, you know, all of this boils down to, for me, Michael, the, the, the government need to intervene in our region. They need to intervene and say that NAV and A&E plays a really important role in our region in terms of ED services. It needs to be invested in to, brought up, to bring, up, bring it up to a standard to take pressure off Drogheda instead of loading pressure onto an overstretched Drogheda. Okay. We'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed uh, for joining us today. Sinn Féin TD for me, the star in O'Rourke. Does, uh, did Minister McGrath say that the paramedic would decide what hospital to bring a, a patient to in Mead? If that's the case, and no respect to our great paramedics, but they're not doctors. Would the government and the HSE prefer if Mead and its patients didn't exist because the whole thing is a big headache for them? Well, Mead might as well not be on the map of Ireland as it's totally ignored by the government until there's an election coming up. They can stay away from our door, she says. They won't like the reception that they'd get. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, take it a very disillusioned, Margaret, at that. Alice uh, certainly has experience of uh, the hospital in Drogheda. She was in the emergency department for six 16 hours waiting for her daughter to be transferred to St. James's. Uh, while they were waiting in the ED, she says 10 people left because they were so long waiting and uh, they weren't seen. Uh, she says the whole health sector is a disaster. Deirdre says Navin has to be kept open because of the large population we uh, have in the county and we need all of the hospitals uh, and as many of them as possible to look after people. Alice says she spent eight weeks in Navin with a heart complaint and she tells us that the care she received was 100% with high standards and the nurses couldn't do half enough for me. Thank you Alice and everybody who's been in touch with us uh, about that. Now to uh, another important issue and one that was raised in uh, the Dáil yesterday by some of our local TDs as uh, the Oireachtas debated new legislation on gambling. The impact of gambling on so many people's family and individuals has inflicted pain over the decades especially given the nature of social media presence and online accessibility, which allows people to be targeted individually and often exploited by their weaknesses. Last week, a constituent came into my clinic in Dundalk who had a gambling problem, and as a result, is now living in the streets. Despite the, home, despite the homeless sexual and night education helping him, he has a substance abuse problem and subsequently a gambling addiction, and is not receiving the happy needs with regards to rehabilitation. This is just one story. 
I, spoke with, I, I speak with homeless people with addictions in my clinic weekly. They become homeless often as a result of numerous addictions, such as gambling, drink and drugs. Uh, saying that the number of people addicted in gambling it lies somewhere between 0.5% and just over 1%, in my opinion, Minister, is massaging the fingers. If you examine the proportion of regular gamblers who become addicted, I believe we will find that the proportion is to be higher. That is where we should be focusing on. It is a known fact that sports and bettings have become deeply intertwined, intertwined in recent years. This has been driven by massive television coverage, advertising and social media exposure, whereby young people have been seduced by the glamour and excitement of sport and betting. This recreation exposes, which often leads to addiction, has led to vulnerable youths being drawn into the world of easy money. Given the way betting shops operate, it is not possible to control or monitor underage behaviour. And that's uh, Peter Fitzpatrick. Dreadful story of uh, that man who ended up homeless because of his gambling addiction. And I suppose you could say you thought drugs were bad. Many of us know, even in relation, whether it's anecdotally, um, whether it's from the work we do in our constituencies, um, or unfortunately from time to time people we know um, who have suffered from um, gambling addiction. And I, I think I've heard it said so many times, you can only drink so much, you can only put so much in your arm or up your nose, but when it comes to gambling, there's no holes barred. And that's not to underestimate or underplay any of the impact, obviously, that we have when we deal with those other addictions. It's just the fact with the free access that people have in relation to gambling, um, whatever about previously where people had to, as Deputy O'Reardon said, regulate themselves in the sense of make it down to a, to, um, a particular place to, to make a punt. Um, unfortunately, um, because of these phones that we all have, uh, smartphones that we all have access to, um, you're literally a step away from impoverishing yourself. Um, look, we know the HRB report what did it talk about? 90,000 low-risk gamblers, whatever exactly that means, 35,000 moderate-risk, and then 12,000 problem gamblers. Wow, big figures. A lot of people uh, who suffer from uh, that problem, and uh, the legislation makes its way through the doll. We're hearing some uh, contributions from local TDs. On that occasion, it was Sinn Féin's Rory Murku. Call Michael now. 041 the Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Mark, once again, uh, the United Nations 16-day campaign of activism to end gender-based sexual and domestic violence by going to the front line. Susan Kyo is a member of Drogheda Women's and Children's Refuge Centre. Good morning to you, Susan, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme this morning. It's invaluable work uh, that you do. Uh, but really important and difficult work at the same time. Uh, a particularly difficult time of the year for the people uh, who you work with, though. Yes, indeed, Michael, yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I suppose you know yourself that violence against women that we would work with, that the, you know, it's, it is, you know what I mean, a very difficult time for them throughout the whole year, really, um, but I think, suppose children and families finding themselves having to seek, you know, the support of refuge, and you know, Christmas itself is a, a very stressful and difficult time mm. for I'm- people. And you know, you can always see sort of rises and spikes at this time of year. Yes. Yeah, a- an anxious situation for anybody at yeah. the best of times when you're seeking refuge from a violent situation. 
Absolutely, and, and children have to be taken out of their homes yeah. and then they're not sure whether Santa is going to arrive or, mm. you know, they're leaving behind pets, you know, they're leaving behind that safety and security for them. Can it be normalised for children? It can be, yes. It, yeah. it absolutely can be normalised, you know, if they can see that behaviour as something that goes on in the family all the time, yes. Uh, but there are huge impacts for children, really in terms of that um you know there you know we know that research now has shown that children aren't just witnessing it do you know what i mean they 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 feel it with every core piece of their being they feel the violence and they feel the tension in the home and you know it it leaves lots of trauma for them going up into their adult lives okay how many families are you working with at the moment well, at the moment, I suppose, like Michael, I, the best thing to say is like we do offer refuge accommodation, and uh, we at the so I suppose in from January to October, uh, 2022, we have admitted 78 women to refuge and uh, 103 women. Um, 100, 103 to, children, I take it, Susan. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, my yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, 103 yeah, children, yeah, yeah. but I suppose it's hard to say how many actually mm. that we're working with right now because we do have so many other services as well. Mm. We would have, you know, we provide more than just refuge support to women. We have an outreach support service that would, you know, support women to remain in a home that would seek court orders, and we would also have um, a traditional step down house, and we would also have you know, counselling and therapeutic supports. Mm. And in addition to that, then we would be walking through our childcare service just provides just invaluable support to the children that come into the refuge mm. and children that are actually just accessing, the, you know, families that are accessing the service, all the other services mm. and uh, our, through our play school, through, you know, drop in support. We would support, you know, mind the children then, you know, from moments who want to go to court or, you know, it's freeing them up, giving them yeah. that break mm. and looking at the impact of children mm. on it, on children and, you know, supporting them everywhere, you know, in, in, in their therapeutic, you know, development around that. But mm. And also then we do a lot of DV and education and awareness work that we would actually work with. But yes, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's at the moment, you know what I mean, like that it's is a, a large number of women. Yeah, admitted it's a large number of women, but when you add in uh, all the additional services, it's really uh, a, a huge uh, service uh, to the community. Uh, how is it funded? How is it funded? Well, currently we're funded, uh, our main funders are Tusla, and they would support us in, uh, you know, the provision of the staff that would um, deliver out on the services. And we would also, I suppose to say, we are also a dual service, so we do have a, a small amount of space for women and children who might find themselves in a homeless situation. Mm. But I suppose, you know, that can be, that's also dual in the fact that some women who, you know, go into refuge have to leave their homes and find themselves homeless mm. anyhow, you know, due to the domestic violence. Yeah. So we would get support, uh, we are supported uh, by Loud County Council and our childcare service would be mm. supported by Pubble. And our counselling service then would be supported by the Commission of Victims for Crime. And it's very important kind of service. Yeah. Okay, it's a very important service for the community. And I know the community is very uh, 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 supportive of what you do, and uh, you receive uh, contributions from people as well, Susan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like to be, you know, I I would say that you know we would have all that core funding, and that would support all the resources that we can give mm. out. But our running costs. Um, you know, all of those things that, you know, any additional supports or anything that we want to give to um, the residents and just the building itself, we're looking at step-down housing in the future. All of that comes from the community and all of those supports, you know, pitting out the childcare, 
all of these things come from the fantastic support of the community and the donations that we get. And uh, we do have a charity boutique, the Butterfly Boutique uh, in Drogheda, that, uh, you know, offers, um, I suppose, uh, second-hand clothes or pre-loved clothes for people. But it's also a valuable resource for us, Michael, in terms of, like, um, we would, our women that would come in would probably have nothing with them. Mm. So, I mean, we would have voucher systems that the women would be able to go in and buy their own clothes uh, in the actual um, charity shop as well. So it's 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 got such a, a multitude of things that it can do. But like we are looking at all times for donations of good quality clothing and toys in there into the shop for for children. You know what I mean to resell, and there that is a huge source of income for us as well. But without the community doing what they're doing. Yes, a lot of our running costs, we would be struggling big time now, yeah. Okay, and uh, people can contact you, 0419844550, if they wish, uh, if uh, they're... In they a, can indeed, Michael, if, yeah. If yes, uh, yes. they're in an uncomfortable situation, and if it's only to talk or to seek refuge, uh, or somewhere in between, Susan, we have to leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed for joining us on the programme. Susan Kyo, manager of Drogheda Women's and Children's Refuge Centre. That's it for today. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye-bye. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by AirGrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.